Blue Wire. To the end zone he goes. Where Sammy is. Boyd with a great fake. Touchdown, Taj. Hopkins throws to Boyd. Lean means touchdown throwing machine tonight, and he's got another one. Boyd. All right, welcome back to the Taj Boyd Podcast. Hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. And this is what I want you to do, because I'm sure you have plenty of macaroni, turkey, dressing, sweet potato pie, pumpkin pie, whatever pie you eat. I'm sure you had all of it. So I need you to hit the gym, get a nice little workout in, bare minimum, get some walking in, hit the sauna, because I don't need you to walk around this work week all lethargic. I want you to get back in tune, get some pep in your step, and get back on track make sure you do that for me but we had a pretty special weekend uh, around college football and obviously a lot of that comes back to it being rivalry weekend so we get a chance to see all the usual suspects the georgia georgia tech of the world the florida florida states michigan ohio state auburn alabama all the really good games and um, i thought it was pretty eventful all weekend i'm sure that you would agree with me on that one but Obviously, we're here to talk about the Clemson-South Carolina matchup. And Clemson went on to win their sixth consecutive game in this series. Uh, Really proud of those guys and the way they stepped on the field and dominated uh, from the moment that the whistle blew. But I'm going to give you a brief little moment about some some time that I had uh, when I was first introduced and involved in this particular series, Palmetto Bowl. It was, I want to say, my redshirt freshman year, and second quarter and the starting quarterback at the time Kyle Parker had threw uh, I want to say pick six on a screenplay it was either pick six or intercept one of the other way it was intercepted and he comes back to the sidelines coach Swinney's trying to talk to him he kind of blows him off a little bit and they get into this whole pissing contest and coach Swinney is looking for me on the sidelines now if any of you have seen the movie any given Sunday it was kind of that moment for me Willie Beeman sitting over there talking to uh, some random guys on the sideline, eating a candy bar. Head is not in the game at all because he never thinks that he's actually going to get the opportunity to play. Well, that's kind of how I was in this series. So Sweeney finds me and says, hey, Taj, you're in. Man, my eyes got so big. And a lot of it was because I knew that I wasn't prepared for that moment. And, I, I you know, I'll tell you why, I guess. You know, I'm sitting there. That whole year, and I was a scout team superstar, baby. We used to light, the, light it up, man, on Kevin Still. And it was myself and Rob McDowell and a guy named Bryce McNeil. And we would go out there and try to cause hell for those defenders out there. We would run plays that weren't necessarily on script, find a way to get it done. And regardless of the situation, we would go out there and have some fun. And, you know, when I would get back to, like, the, the regular meetings, like, I wasn't really uh, talked to a lot. You know, I was sitting in the back for the most part. The lights were always cut off in the meeting, so I would just nod off, try to gather as much information as I could. But since I wasn't really involved in the game plan, to me, I felt like it really wasn't a need for me to actually pay attention. So <laughs> I knew the playbook to a degree, but I'm talking about, like, I knew bare minimum, like eight, nine plays. And so when I got thrown into that situation, I was caught off guard completely. And I'm sure that South Carolina felt the same way because the first snap that I took, they sent a corner cat blitz. 
and they had Gilmore come off the edge. When I said Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore, and they had Melvin Ingram do like a twist or a loop. And they both met me at the same time. I just remember my helmet getting yanked almost all the way off of my head. The ball popped out, and I was like, wow, this is really big boy football. And that started, for me, the seriousness of this rivalry and this matchup. Because it was a little bit different. It was more personal than any other game that you play all year. And so, obviously, during my duration, um, we never beat the Gamecocks. We lost five consecutive games. So, from 2009 to 2013, we left out of there over. And I know how it feels. So, you know, I felt I kind of empathized in a way with those guys from the Gamecocks this past weekend as they walked walked off that field with their heads held low, uh, mainly because that's something that you got to live with. Now, South Carolina's not used to winning that much. So when I was playing, they did this whole five-bomb thing. And it's crazy, man, because I've been removed from the game, at least from college, for six years now, five or six years. And I go down to the low country or the Midlands, and I try to be cordial with everybody that I come into contact with. And I love people, love uh, engaging in conversation, but some people always just take it to another level. And they hit me with a five bomb. So they hold their hand up uh, right by their stomach, spread their fingers out, and drop it on me because obviously I was on one of those teams uh, that never beat them. And that's the unfortunate part about it. And it's something that I'm always going to live with. The nice part about it is, is I get a chance to spend some time with these guys in this cl- current Clemson roster who have been through the situation and never lost. So kudos to those guys. Really impressed and really proud of what's been happening uh, in this Clemson program. But, you know, it's uh, it was unique. It was unique because you know, growing up, like going to those Virginia, Virginia Tech games, like it was a big deal. But UVA was never really a contender. And you start to realize how special those games are if both teams on both sides can be competitive. So the years when I played South Carolina, it was always a ranked matchup. It'd be like number 17 versus number 13, number 10 versus number eight, something like that. But right now, Clemson in the South Carolina competition right now is just such a huge disparity of talent between the two teams. And I think you can see it. and I think you can feel it. And to be completely honest, it makes the games not that not that much interesting. You know, I'm sitting up there in the booth calling the color commentary for it in third quarter. Next thing you know, I'm talking about Popeyes and Bojangles, and I'm talking about zombies and, and horror movies. And don't get me wrong, I'm tying it back, and I'm all I'm equating it back to the game of football itself. But you know, it's just tough because you want both teams to be somewhat competitive to make it fun, and that is not the case right now. And to be completely honest. Unless something changes, I don't see it slowing down um, in this race. I think Clemson comes out of here with 11-12 straight, just primarily based off of what's happening in the landscape of college football and how Clemson is recruiting at a, at a just an elite level. And I don't want to take anything from this Clemson team uh, because regardless of the situation, they cannot, they can't control who they schedule. They can't control how good these teams are. What they can control is how they perform, how they execute, and how they compete. And they're doing it at a very high level right now. Um, And to me, there's only about four teams that are doing it at that level. Ohio State's one of them. LSU just put a hurt on Texas A&M. 
Um, I think that Utah is performing at a high level, and obviously Clemson is. And I think those will be the four teams in the playoffs coming up forward. Um, I hope that's how it shapes out because I love to see how the committee ties it back and who gets what matchup in the ranking scale. But back to this Clemson-Carolina deal. Man, they came out and Carolina was able to get a little spark. They had a goal line stand. Travis Etienne took a direct snap, got stymied at the one-yard line. They're backed up. Ryan Helensky, University of South Carolina starting quarterback, has a lot of poise, man. He's, he, he's in the gun. He throws a dig across the middle of the field, picks up about 20 yards. Really positive momentum for that, especially getting out getting out of your end zone. Um, but I think two plays later, the man throws a pick to A.J. Terrell, and it just went downhill from there. So to see Trevor and his fire this weekend, man, it just makes me love him more and more every time I see him play, every time I see him lead, because he is continuing to add uh, diversity to his game, the way he rallies, the way he steps up in the pocket, the way he takes off uh, when there is nothing there. And he's leading these guys into uh, a space and an environment where I don't think that any team on defense can stop these guys and what they're doing when they're hitting on all cylinders. But he throws really nice fade ball to T to get the first points up on the board. Comes out, um, I think the next series, takes a drop back, steps up in the pocket, rolls to the right a little bit, and just drops a ball from the heavens to T Higgins on the post pattern. And it was beautiful. And he is starting to control and understand that touch on the deep balls. And uh, it is a thing of beauty. Now, South Carolina tried the best they could for what they had. And, you know, you can see effort, man. That's one thing that you can't coach, but you know it's there when you see it. And so, to be completely honest, I only saw about three or four guys that looked like they were giving it everything they had uh, on that field. And that's disappointing. It's disappointing because, you know, you play to win the game first and foremost, but you play uh, because of the work that you put in uh, from that guy beside you. You know, all winter, all summer, regardless if you're going to a bowl game or not, you want to see those guys compete because of everything that led up to it. And I didn't necessarily felt, feel like I saw that that fire from those guys on the other side. And a lot to, a lot of that to me has to do with what's happening from the top down. Now, they were hurt. You know, they had some guys out there who were a huge part of that football team who weren't able to play. Brian Edwards being one of them, one of the top receivers in college football, and DeCarrie and Joyner, just this uh, really, really special athlete. Guy can play it all. Superstar quarterback coming to high school, still had some really, really raw ability at that position, but he can play a little bit of everything. So in that regards, the Gamecocks were, well, half-cocked, uh, all pun intended. And it's tough because, you know, as a young quarterback for Ryan Helensky, and this being a part of his first experience in this in this game and in this rivalry, you know, he doesn't have his dogs out there, and he got to be the war daddy. But, you know, you got to make the best with what you got. Uh, they put up three points, which is a little bit more than, than I guess I thought they were going to have out there. So that was a positive. But you really, <laughs> going into the offseason, want to be able to take something from this game to help you build some sort of momentum uh, going forward. And I don't think there was anything, any positive things that happened on the Gamecock sideline and on the field that were going to continue to build momentum. 
a lot of that has to do with them not really necessarily having an identity, uh, any culture right now. Uh, that's something that they're going to have to work on, something they're going to have to build. But it's not going to be from outside in. It's all going to be inside out. It's going to be in that weight room this offseason. It's going to be with Ryan Helensky and those other leaders on this on his team right now uh, to instill that. So they got a challenge in front of them. But to me, it's like you beat the number three team in the country, Georgia, you know, at their place. So you know that there's some sort of natural ability there. But you had a window. And you had a window from a recruiting standpoint. You had a window from a momentum standpoint. And you missed it. And you go and you you lose the Tennessee game. You lose the Florida game. You lose to App State. And you lose to Clemson. And to me, if there's any fireable offense, it's losing to App State. Now, App State's a good football team. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about that. But it becomes so much bigger when App State is legitimately going out and offering kids in this state and the kids are committing to App State as opposed to the University of South Carolina. And once it gets to that level, I mean, you got to figure out something because you can't get out-recruited by a team that was D1AA just a few years ago. shouldn't work that way. It should never be in that position. And right now, like, if I'm the coach and I'm trying to figure out what I need to do to, to bring some sort of spark, some sort of surge or energy to this program, first, you got to build that identity. And you gotta, you got to go and, and grab the players that you can and try to build around it. Not saying that University of South Carolina is UCF, but I love what UCF did from a model standpoint. They know they're not going to go out there and get the four and five star guys. So what do they do? They get three star guys. But they don't just get any type of player. They figure out what they want to be. They want to be fast. So they get a bunch of track guys who can play football. And they find them and say, hey, we're going to get you. We're going to get some speed. And we're going to build around that. And we're going to try to develop you into being the best football player possible. But in the meantime, you just keep running, man. We're going to we're gonna find a way. We're going to throw the ball up. We're going to put you in a position to succeed. And South Carolina needs to figure out what they want to do. They want to be speed. They want to be strong. If they want to be a balance, they want to be an out-formation team, or if they want to be an RPO spread offense, find the guys that fit the system schematically and then build around it and develop it from that way because you're not going to go out. First off, you're not going to out-recruit Clemson at this point. You're not going to out-recruit Georgia. You're not going to out-recruit Mississippi State. You're going to take what you can, and you're going to go ahead and try to maximize whatever it is from a developmental standpoint that you can. And so that's where they're at. Meanwhile, Clemson is just trending upwards at a level right now that is that is immaculate. Uh, I don't know if it's going to slow down. I don't see it slowing down, but they're going to keep piling on to this lead year in and year out, which is why I said it could be. 11, 12 straight before Carolina even gets back into the mix over here. But, um, man, for these guys who are from the state, who went out there and won six consecutive games in this rivalry, that's something that they're going to be able to live with forever as well. So in that fact, it's pretty special. It is. And, again, Clemson was expected to go out there and win this game, and they did in, you know, a, a very nice fashion. And they were able to actually do some things to continue to build some, some continuity and some development 
within a game. So there was a two-minute opportunity there. So they were able to, right before halftime, create high stress and a low stress environment, which are the things that are fun, right? Because every day at practice, you practice your your two-minute drill. You put a plan together and say, hey, it's a minute 37 on the clock. Um, We got 60 yards to go to get a field goal to try to tie the game up or win the game. And sometimes it's hard to simulate that in practice. So to go out there and get real game opportunities are pretty special. And I think that they executed really well. Um, So you still get opportunities to grow even when you're playing against competition who isn't necessarily equally matched upon that part. But what can you do? Again, you go out there, you execute, you put it all together, you have fun, and you make the most out of it. And you get these younger players involved and in games that continue to build depth. And the fact that Clemson has been able to do that all season tells me that they're ready for the playoffs. And they're ready for UVA this weekend in this ACC championship game. And to me, they're ready to go out there and win a national championship. I know we haven't gotten there yet. And yeah, it may be a little bit bold because there are some good teams in college football. But I've been encouraged. I've been encouraged because Clemson and the Fighting Dabbles have continued to get better week in and week out. And they're peaking at the right time, to be completely honest. And that's what you're always looking for. You know, you never want to stop growing. Right now, Clemson's, well, they're building and they're growing and they're learning and they're adding new stuff to the repertoire. And, uh, it looks special. So love seeing the big man packages out there. Love seeing the, the new subs, uh, all the formations, the different variations of the route concepts that they're doing. So Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott have been putting together some, some masterful game plans and some masterful concepts. And the players right now are going out there and executing at a high level. So that's great to see, especially going into postseason. But this weekend against UVA, should be pretty fun. If I'm not mistaken, this is UVA's first ever ACC championship game appearance. I'm actually going to have some somebody from that UVA uh, team when they were when they were pretty solid on. So maybe I'll get a Terry Kirby or something like that. And for the young guys who don't know, well, Terry Kirby was the OG. We're from somewhat of the same area of Virginia, uh, but he's a legend out there uh, in the Hampton Roads space, and he's a legend at the University of Virginia. But Bryce Perkins from UVA, the starting quarterback over there, brings some diversity to that offense. And he can run, he can throw, and he's a damn warrior. Because if I'm not mistaken, he has been battling something with his tonsils to the point where they need to be removed. But he's just been draining it uh, because he doesn't want to be able, he doesn't want to sit out these games. So from a competitive nature standpoint and from that warrior mentality, I believe that he has that. And he's going to need all of that if they want to go out here and be able to compete against Clemson. Because they gave up 30-something points to Virginia Tech. I'm telling you right now, if they gave up 30-something to Virginia Tech, they can give up 50 to Clemson. So they're going to have to pull out all stops. Bronco Hall is going to have to continue to, to keep doing what he's been doing which is create some awesomeness out of the Wahoo Nation. And, yeah, they're going to have to compete, man, and, and, 
and really play the game of their lives to be able to compete against Clemson. And I do try to say this in the most unbiased manner possible, but man, Clemson's just playing at such an elite level right now that I don't care what conference they're playing in. The MAC, the WAC, the Big 12, the, the or the Big 10, the Pac-12, it, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, players play, coaches coach, and these guys are putting it together week in and week out. So excited to, to see these guys continue to build that momentum. I'm really proud of these guys for extending this winning streak uh, against the Gamecocks. And I'm glad they got a chance to, uh, to, to really go out on top in this series. So, yeah, didn't get much into the wrap up. Told you a little bit of the stories and my thought process on, on South Carolina, what they need to do. But, uh, it's like take 12 for me. All right. It's 1130 at night. So, this is the best you're going to get out of me this time around. But you better believe that I'm coming with some heat here uh, this week. I'm coming with some heat for this ACC championship game as well. And that recap, because it's going to be banging. And Charlotte's always a fun place to go. So I'll tell you some about some of my experiences down that way. But um, again, I know you guys had the turkey. I know you had the cranberry sauce, the sweet potato pie, the pumpkin pie. I need you to burn it out, let it go and get rallying for this week because I need it to be a damn fantastic week for all of you. So keep doing what you do. Keep going hard out here and pushing it to the limit every single day. So uh, appreciate you guys listening. Um, Go Tigers. Do great things. Appreciate you.